Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. My name is Matt Southgate and today I'm joined by Dalmi Parfit and Andy Howell, our rugby writers here. Um, big news today, Del. Warren Gatlin has named his backroom staff, or part of it by the sounds of things, uh, for the Lions 2017 tour of New Zealand. Rob Howley, Andy Farrell and Steve Borthwick on the staff. Rob Howley's inclusion has caused a bit of a stir. Uh, yeah, I think there'll be uh, probably, well, I, I can sense there'll be two strands to that stir. Um, you'll, you'll get people saying that, uh, you know, is he, is he up to the task? Uh, he's had a lot of stick um, over the autumn. Um, but saying that, he's he's been involved in uh, a series winning Lions Tour uh, three and a half years ago. And... Um, and the other strand to it, of course, in terms of the criticism, will be well, you know, should he be focusing on Wales's um, South Seas tour uh, when Warren Gatland is already committed to the Lions, and you know we're also potentially expecting Neil Jenkins to go as as kicking coach. So you're really talking about a, a fairly sizable Welsh contingent. So yeah, um, you know, but having said that, it's not really a surprise that Howley is involved. It's been. Uh, quite widely touted for a good few weeks now that he, he was going to be, he said to have a, a really strong working relationship with Gatlin. So in that respect, it's no surprise either. So um, you know, time will tell whether it's uh, whether it's the right decision. Move on to Steve Borthwick then, and I'll come to you. Um, great player, but just putting this out there is a bit of a devil's advocate. Is he qualified for the job? Absolutely. Started with Japan, well, 2012 with Japan. What's wrong with that, Matt? Bristol, What's England. wrong with that, Matt? They beat... Uh, He's only been in the England job less than a year, mind. Oh, can I have a say? Yeah, crack yeah, on. Yeah. What did Japan do at the World Cup? Beat South Africa. Biggest upset in rugby history. They did a brilliant job on them. Their line-up was fantastic. Amnes Grum was good. And uh, Borthwick was the key man with the line-out. Remember the winning try? I think that came from a line-out. And... Um, uh, Borthwick, student of the game, when he was playing for England, when he was their captain, he was in some respects their on-field forwards coach, always a bloke who was cut out to be uh, a coach and could actually turn out to be a much better coach or better coach than uh, than, than player. Um, England, gone through 2016, unbeaten. That's good enough for me. I'm sure Borthwick will do a, a, a good job. I'm a fan of his. He's not the most, uh, he's a bit of a boring bloke, to be honest, to interview, but uh I think he certainly knows his stuff when it comes to rugby. There you go. I suppose it doesn't matter uh, how long he'll be in the job. Um, finally, Dale Andy, Far- Andy Farrell, obvious choice at defence coach. I think so. He's uh, he did a good job with them last time. Um, I don't know um, whether whether Sean Edwards was even considered this time round. It was a it was a big story when uh, he missed out in 2013, but. Um, he hasn't really been mentioned this time, but Farrell, yeah, um, and of course, uh, part of a, a coaching team that's really uh, one plaudits and rightly so for the work they've done with Ireland this year. So uh, I think I think Gatland um, really enjoyed working with Farrell on the last Lions tour. Um, so that's that's no surprise for me again. And you're shaking your head there. Yeah, because I think Edwards has got the, uh, he's definitely had the credentials. I just think, don't think people mentioned him this time because uh, he wasn't picked for the last uh, last tour. Uh, Sean Edwards, he did a great job with the Lions defence in uh, 2009 and until um, until the uh, uh, May's match against uh, England, he's done an excellent job with the Wales defence over the years. I'll put this to you guys. 
would was, uh, would the Lions coaching team look better with Sean Edwards as defence coach and Joe Schmidt as backs coach? Potentially. The only thing I say to that is how many points did Wales concede in New Zealand over the, when they were down there in the summer? Quite a lot in the end. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. I said is uh, you know Wales conceded against England in May in a warm-up match, and then in New Zealand in the summer, and then of course they started the open series by conceding against uh, Australia. But I think the uh, foul was already picked as uh, Lions coach before then. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't disagree with that. I know a lot of people yeah. concede a lot of points to the All Blacks. So I'm not. I'm not trying to be flippant, but yeah. And as Dale um, pointed out, I think the big thing is that Gatlin got on well with foul on the Lions tour. And, Gal- and Gatlin, this is one of the reasons Howley is that Gatlin's extremely loyal to people he uh, he trusts and likes. I think Sean is, well, he's, I mean, he's a great coach, don't get me wrong, but I think he comes with a little bit of baggage in terms of his eccentricities and he's got his own way of doing things and his own, um, you know, li- little, uh, little ways, if you like. Um, so perhaps that's something that, Gatlin thought might not suit a tour in New Zealand where I don't know it, it just everything needs to be done down to the last sort of uh, minute detail so that might have come into play sort of personality personalities as well and can you remember um, so much well an appointment being greeted with so much disquiet uh, not just in Welsh rugby but in in a, in a wider sense in Lions rugby terms are you talking about Rob Oley? Rob Oley yeah uh, probably not Probably not, but I think that's where the position Howley is in, isn't it? Uh, Wales haven't played well for uh, uh, for a couple of years. Their attack has been uh, misfiring for a long time. Rob Howley's in charge of the Lions uh, and the Lions backs. Gatlin and now Howley have both said you can need to score over 30 points in a match to win in uh, New Zealand. And yet Wales have been uh, blunt. And, uh, of course, Gregor Townsend turned the Lions down. To me, he was a, an outstanding candidate, as would have been... Uh, uh, Joe Joe Schmidt, who also ruled himself out the equation, you've got to ask. Uh, uh, you got to ask why. Uh, I understand that Gatlin wants. Uh, you know, I understand Gatlin's situation is, is. You know, he wants people he knows and trusts on board. And Howley's been his uh, loyal lieutenant since he was a player at Wasp when Gatlin was coach, and ever since then, Warren's taken him under his wing. And Howley, you know, this is his third Lions tour as a coach, and he also was uh, went on to as a player. So he does know what the Lions is all about. Um, and I guess you could argue how much co- how much will you have to do really to get the best out of the Lions backs when you're going to have all the top players from Britain and Ireland there uh, you know they're almost uh, uh, good enough to look after themselves I suppose Alright then you touched on it there the, the Gregor Townsend thing there's a few reports knocking about um, today that he was offered an, almost an assistant assistant role that would involve him working under Rob Howley what do you make of that? that's a little bit unusual isn't it? Well, if, I, if that's true, I'm uh, uh, I'm not surprised, but I think it is uh, hugely disrespectful to Gregor Townsend, because I think Gregor Townsend is a fantastic uh, coach. He's done a brilliant job with the uh, Glasgow Warriors, and as a uh, as a rugby player, he was the winning outside half of the Lions in South Africa in '97 when they won that series, and uh, he was a brilliant player, brilliant tactician on the field, and he's taken that into, the, uh, into his uh, coaching. Um, no disrespect to Rob Howley, but I think that uh, Gregor Townsend is a superior uh, tactician. All right, Adele, there was um, suggestions and again reports coming out of Ireland today that uh, Lancaster, Stuart Lancaster, Brian O'Driscoll and Ben Ryan, former Fiji Sevens coach, were all at the press conference today. What do you make of that? Well, I find it strange if, if, if those 
three or two out of the three or even one out of the three are, are going to be involved because um, if they were, you'd have thought they'd have been more or less asked to stay away from the press conference. It, you know, the Lions, they're not stupid. They will know that if people like that are hovering around in the background that um, there's bound to be speculation. I mean, O'Driscoll has duties as a broadcaster, we know that, so may have had other reasons for being there. Um, I'm not sure if, if um, Stuart Lancaster has got any sort of duties, uh, punditry-wise, um, that would have meant him being there. But Ben Ryan, I think, is people will say, well, you know, what what is he doing there? Of course, there's been a lot of speculation that he was going to be a proper left field option for a yeah. coach. And we know that Gatlin said he wants to add a few more specialist coaches. So. Yeah, it would be um, it would be it would be a left field selection. I mean, I'm, I'm not doubting the, the guy's credentials. He's um, he's obviously done great things, not least in in sevens. But uh, I think it was surprising that they were, um, you know, so obviously there in the background today and. Um, you know, we we await confirmation if if we're going to get any that they, that any of them are involved. But Ryan would fit in the assistant to Holy uh, a role because he's his role. Like I would imagine would be just working on skills. He'd be the skills man on a tour. And, you know, sevens Matt, your own background as a player. That it's all about uh, skills and uh, and improving those. So I think he would fit the bill and as assistant, whereas uh, you know some more high profile people, perhaps from fifteen aside. Would uh, you know turn down that as a uh, position of the fact that they'd be the number two to to Howley or Driscoll? He was the Pro 12 launch in his own country. He works as a broadcaster all the time, so I imagine that's why he's there. He's a media man nowadays, and I would thought Stuart Lancaster. Obviously, he's on the uh, uh, Leinster staff in Dublin as well. I would have thought he's over there because some of the broadcasters are doing some big rugby specials, and I would imagine he's going to appear on the show. I'd be amazed if O'Driscoll was involved in the coaching. I, I was surprised when I saw yeah, his I mean, huge name. Everyone's got the utmost respect for him for obvious reasons. But he hasn't done any coaching. No, so I can't. I can't you see know, that. Uh, in the Lan- years. Lancaster wouldn't rule out entirely, but of course he's an ex-forward himself. So would you have him? You know, is he qualified to coach the backs? There you go. Let's bring it forward a little bit. Then where does this all leave Wales? Because we know Robin McBride once again will take over the side for the summer tour to the Pacific Islands and. So where does it leave Wales? Without without a lot of coaches, it seems. It does, because uh, Neil Jenkins is going to go to with the Lions as a uh, kicking coach. Uh, he did in 2013. Although in 2013, he went on Wales's tour of uh, Japan first before joining up the Lions. I guess that could happen again, because Wales's uh, tests against Samoa and Tonga play, take place in June, and I think the, uh, the first Lions test isn't until the end of that uh, uh, month. Uh, obviously, Wales are going to have to bring in a backs coach, uh, Mark Jones was with doing a great job with RGC 14-14 sorry <laughs> is, uh, did it last time Matt Sherritt from Cardiff Blues brought him for this autumn series but the Wales attack has been pretty blunt are Wales going to keep him is he going to be involved in the Six Nations if he's involved in the Six Nations you would have thought that perhaps he will go on that tour or maybe it will be a case of bringing someone for the Six Nations uh, one of the other regional coaches or, and um, perhaps and then that person or another person goes in the summer Let's hope, mind, it is going to be a more successful tour than last time Robin McBride was in charge in Japan because Wales were fortunate to win the first test and lost the second. And, you know, Graham Price, the ex-Lions uh, and Wales international uh, uh, call for UK border agencies to prevent them coming back into the country because they should be ashamed of themselves. I, this could be a tough tour because, uh, you know, Samoa and Mugs, they've got a great record against Wales and uh, Tonga. I guess it depends on how many Welsh players make Gatman's Lions party. Uh, 
and the ones that don't, how many they will take to the Pacific. Well, yeah. Dell is um, a lot of talk about how uh, people like Eddie Jones and Joe Schmidt and Gregor Townsend will be taking over Scotland and turn the roles down to focus on their own countries as they build towards the next World Cup. Shouldn't that be something Wales are doing? Well, I mean, I do... Um, I, I do... I mean, I, in a way, Gatland is one thing, and um, you know, I, I've gone on record saying that I'm not, I'm not, um, in essence, against him doing the job again. But I think Howley going as well, I think it does raise concerns. I, I think, um, I don't know. It, it, you see, Eddie Jones um, ruled it out more or less from an early juncture. Sch- Schmidt, would, okay, it was you know perhaps he didn't feel he could work with Gatland because of a clash of personalities. They are both really number one coaches, so. That's a different issue, but it's interesting. The the WRU's uh, press release today on um, McBride doing the job. It was almost uh, entirely quotes from Martin Phillips, the chief executive's, underlining what a great opportunity this was for for Gatland and Howley, and how uh, you know th- th- them going on the Lions tour would benefit Wales in future years. And okay, there's merit in that. Um, don't get me wrong, but I think. You know, Howley's been on two Lions tours before. He's worked with Gatland almost all his coaching career. Uh, he's played. Um, he's been involved in a series against New Zealand this summer. So I'm not. You know, he's worked with Andy Farrell before. I'm not really sure how much there is for him to learn from this tour, to be perfectly honest. And potentially Warren Gatland the same. He's he's also done two Lions tours. Um, so look, I mean. They can look at it like that if, if they want, but I don't think you can blame anybody for having concerns about the development of the Wales team moving forward from that tour. And and look, it's all heightened by the fact that, as Andy said earlier, the fact that Wales just haven't produced the goods this year, and that just changes the, the whole outlook. If, we, if we'd won the Six Nations and, and played well in the autumn nobody would care is that what's different this time around because I don't remember the same level no, of concern exactly, last time exactly well we were Six Nations champions last time yeah we just but that was the yeah. 33 game wasn't yeah, it? And, yeah and, and, and of course we won a Grand Slam in 2012 which mm. is when then Gatlin was appointed the Lions after on the back of that yeah, everything yeah. in the garden was rosy you yeah. know, and, and Howley as well had, had, had overseen that, that yeah. Six Nations title Gatlin could, couldn't couldn't do a lot wrong if anything it was Gatlin who was getting the stick, you know. Now it's Howley just can't do anything right, you know. So, um, it's uh, it, WIU. They talk about development. But they're wrong if you look at the stats because following the 2009 Lions tour, Wales were dismal until the 2011 World Cup, and then they had a golden period up until the Lions, which was you know Wales supplied two thirds of the Test team, beat Australia in 2013, and Wales haven't done anything since then when it comes to winning silverware. So, no, it hasn't done a lot for development. However, I will defend the WRU but, but, and criticise the other unions if they don't want their people involved with the Lions because they're out of order because the Lions is owned by the four unions. They've each got a 25% stake in it. So if none of those stakeholders want their coach to coach the Lions, what is the point of the British Lions? They should be wrapped up. Because I, you know, I, you would thought the, the, the stakeholders want an old man to do the job. It's interesting, and and and, and like you, you see, you see how keen Warren Gatland was to do the job in 2013, and how keen he is to have another crack at it. And 
well, he, he's a New Zealander. You know, he, if anything, you know, he, he it shouldn't be that the fact that a New Zealand is the only one mad keen to do the Lions job. It should be the other way around. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. What? What? You know. What? What's, um, what annoys me in a sense is that you. I think there's a situation where some nations, yeah, great the Lions and all, but they don't want their own people involved. But they're happy for for someone else from another country to do it. Yeah. You know, to me, that's wrong. Yeah. The other thing I've seen on social media today, there's a few calls, Dell, for Howley now to stand down for the Six Nations, saying that how can he concentrate on the Six Nations with the Lions on the horizon? But I'm not sure that's strictly accurate, is it? Surely he should be looking to do the best job. No, I don't think there's anything in that. I think that's that's wishful thinking on the part of his critics. You know, a it's not going to happen because it's just not. Yeah. Um, and B, no, I don't think. I mean, you know, that 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 uh, job of thinking about the Lions is Gatlin's job. Yeah. Um, in terms of the selection, and then afterwards, you know, the Six Nations finishes in the middle of March. Uh, you know, that's that's plenty of time then for Howley to turn his attention to uh, his Lions duties. So no, I don't see any it, credence in that at all. Yes, absolutely ridiculous, Matt, because he, Howley's job is to be a coach of players. However, Gatlin did say last weekend that um, that the coaching group will be uh, meeting every two or three weeks to pick their Lions squad on each occasion. And he said players will some players will be in it all the time because he said it's probably a load of players already penciled in, while others will come in and out on form and fitness grounds. It's quite interesting. Yeah, of course, but Howley, he's a student of the game. He'd be watching TV footage, wouldn't he, of these players playing for their countries and for their provinces, so I'm sure he'll be up to speed. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps they'll want to know your six and a half, uh, <laughs> Lions teams. Uh, I gave them a squad you'll, last week. You'll be picking on Wales online. <laughs> All right, then let's uh, let's park the Lions and Wales to one side. Then, apart from everything we've had uh, today, there's been a lot going on earlier this week. Um, the one thing that we need to talk about is George North. Um, obviously, the injury furor that came from that incident against Le- uh, Leicester with Adam Thompson. Uh, Northampton, as is standard procedure, as you pointed out to me earlier, Dell, are under investigation by PRL and the powers that be um, for how they handled the injury situation. Um, he's been stood down. Uh, what's your take on that? Well, I think the, the key to, in, in it all for me, Matt, and there is this investigation, and I think Northampton can only tell that investigation what they've said publicly already, and that is that every world rugby protocol was followed, and I no doubt that it was. Yeah. The key, the the key in all this for me is, is is for North to say, either, yes, I was knocked unconscious, or no, I was not knocked unconscious. Now, if he wasn't knocked unconscious, then we take his word for it, and we say we say fair enough, and we and we move on, and and the protocols were followed. If if he was, then he owes it to himself to admit it. It's a snagger now, though, isn't it? He may not know whether he was conscious or unconscious. When you take a bump on the head like that, this you might not you might not have a clue that you have been knocked out. Yeah, well, I suppose there is that. The most telling line for me in that whole statement that came out yesterday, though, was the fact that Northampton said that the medics don't get the same feed that viewers at home get of the incident. Therefore, they didn't have the same angles that the viewers had at home, I, and as such, I, I, and they said that if they had seen any evidence that North was unconscious. He would not have returned to the field of play. Yeah, I was surprised he didn't have access to the same footage as the TV viewer because I thought in the light of what happened with North against England in the 2015 
Six Nations and World Rugby, you know, they came in and this new system was put in place. Wales actually drove some of that as well. I assume that was across the board at professional level. Mm. But based on what Northampton says, that doesn't seem to be uh, the case. Well, that can't be right, can it, Dar? Because if if we can see, uh, you know, an incident like a forward pass or a knock-on or anything like that or a punch from any angle we want these days, pretty much... Surely the technology would now allow the medics sat on the side of the pitch or somebody in a booth somewhere to have this exactly the same angle as we get. Mm, exactly. Otherwise exactly, the yeah. system falls down. Well, I mean, yeah, because if you look at the TMO, what do they do with the TMO? They go to the ask the host broadcaster for the footage, don't they? The TMO yeah. says, I want to see a so-and-so angle or whatever. Mm, it is worrying, though. I mean, just on a, a sort of, you know, um, you know, duty of care type level to North because... I think I don't think it's any exaggeration now to, to suggest that if if he does have another confirmed concussion or worst case scenario another say two, I think he is in the territory there where he's got to think seriously about about finishing it because um, you know he, the, or, or, or only a doctor can advise him on that. Um, like like Gatlin said earlier today, you know, better qualified people than me will make that call, and and so they should, but. It's, uh, you know, all I can think of is, is if I was in his position, knowing what we now know about the long-term effects of multiple concussions, I would, I would, I'd be really thinking seriously about uh, calling it quits. Yeah, you know, I'm sure he would have top advice, wouldn't he? Uh, what's interesting is Josh Navidi, the Cardiff Blues player, he'd been out with what he thought was a concussion this season. He only came back a couple of weeks ago. They thought he had concussion. He took a knock in a game, taken off and all. He found a specialist in London um, and uh, saw this chap, and this chap found out that Navidia, in fact, had not been concussed. He had suffered a bang to his ear, damaged the inner ear, and that was what was causing him the headaches and the other problems. He hadn't had concussion. So Navidi said last week, you know, the Blues, fantastic news for the Blues that they found a guy who's a real specialist in, sub- in this subject. Because I think it's quite it's in, it's, in rugby terms, it's a fairly new field. Yeah, well, it, it's only come to prominence in the last sort of what three, four years. Yeah, because of the threat of litigation. <laughs> I'm not, not going to start you off on that. <laughs> anyway, um, we hope North gets fit again, um, and we hope to see him back on the field soon after being stood down. Um, on to the regions then, and we'll get through this quite quickly because we're running out of time. But uh, I don't think this is going to be a short debate. Actually, uh, the Ospreys. Beat Edinburgh 31-22, uh, without, in my opinion, playing their best, but they got the victory. But the massive talking point to come from that game was Blair Kinghorn's try. When the ball goes up, Dan Evans comes forward, so does Damien Hoyland. They clatter into each other, the ball bounces on the floor, Kinghorn picks it up and he runs in the 45 metres to score. Perfectly good try. <sighs> Why is that a perfectly good try? Because both of them were looking at the ball and the Edinburgh, Edinburgh player uh, just run into Dan Evans, didn't even see him there. And uh, I think you might find that you can challenge, you know, you, if that happens, the ball goes loose and it's just play on. Is it different if Dan Evans gets off the floor and is then taken out in the air? <laughs> it probably would have been. In yeah, fairness, I, I because know referees, referee, don't they, on the uh, circumstance of what's actually happened, if anyone's been injured. 
Yeah. The only the, the issue I've got with this whole looking at the ball thing is then that does that not become an excuse for any infringement then? Oh, sorry, sir, I kicked him in the head because I was looking at the ball. Well, so- you can see by the footage, it was clear that he wasn't looking at Dan Evans, he was looking at the ball. But isn't it but I would argue that most rugby players wouldn't, uh, would, you, you know, would have pulled out that challenge if they, if they could have, if he hadn't been so committed, because they're the ones who could end up actually suffering a serious injury. But there's themselves. a difference, I, th- I, think, I think there's a difference in the, the, the looking at the ball thing. Is If a ball is put up in the air, I think it, it is actually important then whether the player is is looking at the ball or not because you you'll be taught that as a fullback mm. taking a high ball uh, you know just keep your eye on the ball mm. otherwise yeah. you haven't got a hope in hell of catching it yeah um so is there not this this argument about being aware of your surroundings i remember when another i don't like to compare incidents you've got to take them as they are but when dan bigger took out finn russell there was this whole He's got a duty of care to bigger. You shouldn't have clapped it into him. Well, the difference, this and that. The difference between the Russell challenge on bigger and last week's in the Ospreys game was that Finn Russell saw bigger coming at the last minute, realised that he couldn't win the ball himself, feared for his own health, and tried to get out of the way, and act, and took bigger out yeah, as yeah. a consequence because he thought that he could he was going to get injured. Yeah, you know, I'm, I've tried to look it up in on the World Rugby website, it, trying to get to the bottom of this with laws and things, right. but it's such a grey area. I can't. Yeah. Where is a tough one? Say there's a cross kick and a guy in touch and goal is waiting to catch the ball. Say just got to try his attacking player, and he's there first. Does that mean that the defending player who's trying to prevent the try cannot challenge for the ball because the guy is under it waiting for it to come back? Like you say, it's a real grey area. Yeah, there's, there's diff- I think if I, personally, if I was the ref, I'd have been inclined to pull it back, but I wasn't, and it was given. But the Ospreys still won, so it doesn't really matter. Double header against Grenoble coming up for them in Europe. Fancy that? Yeah, I fancy winning both matches. Grenoble not taking a great interest in the in the tournament, and the Ospreys are going over there with a strong team. I think they'll hope to put the bed to, uh, uh, the group to bed over the next uh, week and a half. Uh, Zebra Scarlet Scarlet's won 31-24 that one seven game women, winning streak sorry for the Scarlet still mm, things are looking uh, up well, just it? nice to see um, to see a, a Welsh team go out to Italy and, and win with a bonus point you know no no messing around um, they turned it round well the Scarlet's and perhaps they have in one or two of their games benefited from you know the, the sort of autumn international calls but you know Matches have got to be won at the end of the day. Uh, they got off to a bit of a, a scratchy start uh, to the league, you know. They, you know, from the, the first day on, when I, th- I think they lost to Munster on the first day of the season at home, which didn't bode well. But yeah, they've just got to use the momentum and try and keep it going now because Europe, they've just got to take what they can from from that group because uh, unfortunately, they're you know they're. they're I wouldn't say whipping boys, but they are there to make the number. They're not going to go through from that pool. So. Yeah, they're, they're I mean, uh, tough one. The unfortunate thing for them is they got Toulon back to back. First match is Toulon away. If they were at uh, Inland Ethy, you'd give them a chance. But of course, it's a bit of a war of attrition, and you know they might get uh, roughed up a bit. And uh, in Toulon, and then they got to face Toulon the next week. And Toulon got a lot of fresh faces who can come in, stars and all that. You know, we'll, we'll face them two weeks in a row. Be too much for the. Uh, for the Scarlets. Just quickly, quick word on Jonathan Evans. I know you're a fan. I'm also a fan. Played well think, on the weekend. I think he's a really good player. I thought he should have gone on a Wales tour to Japan in 2013 when he was at the Dragons. Uh, excellent player, very astute, 
aware of his surroundings, plays heads up rugby, got an eye for the gap when it's on, you go, and uh, he's also got good service on him. I think he's a good player, and I know the talk out west is should uh, Jonathan Evans be the number one at the uh, Scarlets rather than Gareth Davis? Why did the Dragons let him leave? Because they're nuts. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, Blues Ulster 35-22, I believe, score in that game was uh, to Ulster. Blues Port defensively in that one, Della. Um, as per our report on Wales Online, what do you make of that? It's worrying because the Blues are opposite to the Scarlets, really. They got off to a good start and now they seem to be losing it a little bit. Um, you, I was interested to see some of Danny Wilson's comments after that where he didn't mince his words. He's quite a, a diplomatic, well-spoken uh, kind of guy, Danny, but he, he, you know, he called the performance unacceptable. Um, so that, that really spoke volumes and I think it probably flattered the Blues who were... They were trailing, what was it, something like 28-3 or something with mm. 10, 10 or so minutes left, if, unless I'm mistaken. So um, worrying times a little bit for them. They, they need to address it and, and, and to it, try and get back to the intensity they were playing at. Uh, yeah, I think they lost their confidence to see how that stuff in from the Ospreys. Seems to, you know, seems to hit them badly. That was a, and, that's a big turn. You know, because they, they started off, they got to that flyer. They lost Nally at home then to Leinster, lost their unbeaten record. And it, you know, but they only narrowly, so they still have loads of confidence. Then they went to the Liberty Stadium, they got absolutely hammered. Yeah. And I think that's uh, sold the seeds of doubt, sir. And uh, I mean, their defence was shocking last week. They've conceded 32 tries in the Pro 12, only Zebra and Treviso conceded more. He says, oh, they've got to tighten up their defence so have any uh, chance and stop making mistakes. The one area, of course, where they are weak, and we knew this pre season, was at lock. Still, they could do some big hitters at lock. Yeah, they, they've invested quite a bit in their squad the Blues as well and really it's it's not an option for them to just fade away you know in the second half of the season it, you know they're, they're under a bit of pressure to really come on strong in the in the, in the I was going to say the Magnus in the um, in the Guinness Pro Tra- in the Guinness Pro 12 because they've got to be really they've got to be at least contending for a playoff spot in the in the last block of fixtures otherwise it's a bit of a disaster well, right? you know where they are at the moment the outside the automatic zone to qualify for next season's Champions Cup and they're in danger of uh, being um, detached from the front group if you like you know they're stuck in a peloton yeah um, quick word on got the cycling in quick word on <laughs> Nicky Robinson came back came on for the Blues made that lovely break put Cuthbert over and you're thinking, he's back, suddenly, charged down, and he goes from hero to villain. I guess the Blues supporters have seen it before. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm a huge fan of Nicky Robinson myself. I think he's a wonderfully uh, talented uh, player. Surprised he didn't win more caps uh, than he did. And as he showed, went for the Cuthbert try. Whenever Nicky Robinson makes a break, invariably, invariably you score because he's a master at fixing the defence and passing at the right time. Now, it's a pity some players in the current Wales team didn't have that same trait. All right, then, finally, the Dragons uh, losing out in Leinster. Disgrace. <laughs> uh, they were diabolical. Why I say that is because I've, not that bad. I've covered... The scoreline's not that bad because after two minutes, it was 28 points to three to Munster. They got the bonus point. Two minutes? After 42 minutes. It was it was 28-3. They just got their bonus point. It was um, it was only about two, three at the most. First team was playing for them. It was a second-stroke third team, and they took off their better players at that stage of the game. 
and allowed the Dragons to come back a bit. I've covered the Dragons quite a lot. So if that, was, if that was the second stroke third team and they took off their best players, who did they have <laughs> on in the fifths? Well, yeah, yeah, academy boys. They had a load of academy boys playing. Yeah, the Vets team. They <laughs> got back to backs against Worcester yeah, coming up. Yeah, but back to that Leinster, the Dragons played very well against Edinburgh the previous week. Mm. Connaught the week before that beat a strong breed team who were going well in a French championship. But they went to they went to Leinster and just stood off them. As though, you know, as though they too were much respect. too much respect for them. Yeah. If they'd piled into them and played like they had been, there's no reason why they couldn't have went over there. They went over there two years ago. I just couldn't understand it. I found it so uh, frustrating. Back, uh, back in Europe, though. Yeah, you know, they got this, is, this is where they enjoy playing rugby last two years. Yeah, but don't forget, they did lose their last match in Europe, in Russia. Yeah, oh, come, yeah. everyone, who likes going to Russia? Nobody. Fancy me against Worcester? Uh, it's away, so no. <laughs> Uh, it's a game they got to win. That uh, if they can beat Worcester, do the double Worcester, I guess it puts them back in uh, in charge of the group. Mix. Uh, we did mention Blues against Bath. Quickly, Dell. Bath, Blues. It's one of the it's one of the plum games, isn't it? If not the plum game of the of the, of the entire pool. Um, I, I hope that um, Bath put a, a good side out and and, and 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 the Blues as well. It would be nice to see a, as close to a. A full-blooded fixture as possible in that game. You know, if we do, then obviously the Blues are up against it. But um, like I say, let's let's see a, a proper game because it is a, a very very attractive fixture. Yeah, it could be a perfect match for the Blues to get back on track. Mm-hmm. If I can stop you talking. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for listening at home. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes. We're there. Just uh, search for Welsh Rugby Podcast. Subscribe, like, comment, review, all that lovely stuff. Um, We'll have all the build-up, team news, live updates and reactions from this weekend's matches on Wales Island.